Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. The big hearing yesterday. The big Senate hearing and everybody's remote and Lamar Alexander, the chairman's in Tennessee and Fauci and Hahn of the FDA, Redfield of the CDC, Admiral uh, Girois. He, uh, all of them on, on location, nobody in the same building. They had the big hearing to find out what's going on with coronavirus and no one cared at all. Because finding out what's going on with coronavirus doesn't mean anything to the media apparatchik. It doesn't mean anything to the political apparatchik. Not at all and in any way. What means things is what can they use, what soundbite can they gather that can then be used for their political purposes. The political right was working overtime to try and show that President Trump isn't the one Who's overstepping? It was the question of Senator Loeffner of Georgia to Dr. Anthony Fauci about a confrontational relationship. Yes, no, there is certainly not a confrontational relationship between me and the president. Uh, as I mentioned many times, I give uh, advice and opinion based on evidence-based scientific information. Uh, he hears that, uh, he respects it. He gets opinions from a variety of other people. But in no way, in my experience over the last several months, has there been any confrontational relationship between us. Well, that's not going to work. That narrative isn't going to help anything, Dr. Fauci. Don't you know you're only good when you are building their narrative? Here, here, let Senator Kamala Harris explain to you what's happening to you. Donald Trump is attempting to suppress the work and the word of public health professionals. Um, and this is after a long line of activities by him that have been about a failure of leadership from rejecting the seriousness of it, calling it a hoax, to trying to muzzle the, the, the voices of public health professionals. See, 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 you're, you're, you're being muzzled there, Dr. Fauci. You don't even know what's happening to you. Thank goodness we are here to explain to you what's happening. Isn't that right, Winston? Uh, how many fingers are there? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. Narrative continues to dominate. First, we should go back and listen to what it is that Kamala Harris said. It's okay to call Kamala Harris a liar, by the way. It's fine. From rejecting the seriousness of it, calling it a hoax. President Trump never referred to coronavirus as a hoax. It is a lie. And Kamala Harris, the senator from California, is a liar for saying so. Call me any name you wish. It makes no difference. It will not change the facts. Kamala Harris is a liar. She chose to be a liar. She woke up that day and said, today I'm going to be a liar. And she went out there and she lied. That's who she is. That's what she chose to do. You heard from Dr. Fauci directly that it's not confrontational. Next thing you know, everything's confrontational. People are being muzzled, but there is no conversation to being muzzled at all and in any way. As a matter of fact, President Trump, right from the very beginning, 
from Dr. Fauci in his own words. Let me ask you, Dr. Fauci, because you've been in the task force and uh, at a majority of uh, the press conferences. Has anybody in this administration ever asked you or any member to take the foot off the gas and try and find a, a cure or, or any type of countermeasure? No, Senator, not, not at all. As a matter of fact, uh, we at NIH, as you know, have been right from the very beginning uh, put our foot right on that accelerator in every aspect, including the development of vaccines and therapeutics. And as I described in my opening statement, we actually started that in January, literally days after the virus was known and its sequence was published. So, no, I have never been told by anyone to pull back on the uh, development of any countermeasure or any basic research project that we've been involved in. Thank you. But somehow muzzled, somehow silenced, somehow told not to do this, that, or the other. And it was Chuck Schumer. Well, now is your chance. Let it rip, said Chuck Schumer, because usually you've got Trump over your shoulder telling you what to say. Narrative. Narrative moves us to CNN as well. Of course it does. When CNN put out the headline, 68% of Americans say a coronavirus vaccine is needed before returning to a normal life, a new survey finds. That survey found nothing of the kind. It was a Gallup survey, two of them actually, that said two things. That 68% of people would like to see a vaccine. They called it very important, not needed, very important. And they didn't say a normal life, they said normal activities. Now you say to me, hey Tony, isn't that a distinction without a difference? Oh no, distinction without a difference, it is not. It is distinct and they are different. Very important and needed are two different things. Very important is something you would like, needed is something you have to have. Right? The, the very idea of the importance of, of a vaccine versus needed are two very different things. Normal routine versus normal life. Very, very different things. Normal activities versus normal life. Very different things. Why in the world would you try and sell it as one thing when it's clearly something else? And the only answer you can come to is narrative. Because for far too many, and I know this is gonna get people politically out of their skulls, and what are you gonna do? The facts remain for far too many. The desire is to keep things shut down. Your economic health, your family's health in general, whether or not you've been able to get elective surgeries, inconsequential as long as they can hurt Trump in an election year. That's why Kamala Harris lies. That's why CNN re-engineers, if you will, the study. That's why you've got Nancy Pelosi with a $3 trillion relief bill that's gonna get a vote on Friday. Today is Wednesday. It's 1800 pages you're gonna vote on friday she doesn't even want to talk about it because if you talk about it well i guess you don't care about the american people now do you
This bill is unbelievably bad. And just based on the little bit I know about it, because I haven't read all 1,800 pages, we're going to get into it. The narrative about Fauci, the narrative about CNN, this is what dominates. And what do we get? No science. You go through that whole conversation yesterday with Dr. Fauci, you don't, you don't get any science. There was no science whatsoever. There was this back and forth between Dr. Fauci and Senator Rand Paul. I think we ought to have a, a little bit of humility in, in our uh, belief that we know what's best for the economy. And as much as I respect you, Dr. Fauci, I don't think you're the end all. I don't think you're the one person that gets to make a decision. I have never made myself out to be the end all and only voice in this. I'm a scientist, a physician, and a public health official. I give advice according to the best scientific evidence. There are a number of other people who come into that and give advice that are more related to the things that you spoke about, about the need to get the country back open again and economically. I don't give advice about economic things. I don't give advice about anything other than public health. Well, thank goodness for that which is why doctors are not in charge of public public policy. It's a terrible idea. You want to do a little bit more on narrative? I mean, I appreciate the honesty from Fauci. That's one of the reasons I'm never angry with, with Dr. Fauci, uh, is that uh, people, people are angry with him. They don't like him. They think he, he, he doesn't like Trump. Whatever that case may be, I understood that part like you understood that part. He gives his advice on these things. Now, his, he gives his thoughts, his ideas, and sometimes they're very contrary. They're, they're contradicting. It's, it's very, very confusing. I don't disagree. But I want to get back to narrative because I want to share with you the great example of it. This was Senator Tim Kaine. He was the vice presidential running mate of Hillary Clinton. And he starts by asking if the death rate in the United States is acceptable. Now, if you think that's a legitimate question, well, okay. Um, I do not. That's a silly question. Ask for no other purpose than to get someone on the record to say, Dr. Fauci says the death rate is unacceptable. But I want you to, I, the question was asked about, uh, do you find the death rate acceptable? Fauci starts to answer and check out Senator Kane. Yes, of course. I mean, a death rate at that high is something that in any manner or form, in my mind, is unacceptable. And, and, and Dr. Dr. Fauci, the experience of other nations shows that the U.S. death rate is not only unacceptable, but it's unnecessary. Isn't that correct? I don't, I, I don't know if we can say that, Senator. But would you say that the U.S. has to do better? Of course, you always have to do better. I mean, as a... And the, and, and the experience of South Korea shows that how a nation manages the health care crisis has a huge impact also on its economic condition. Isn't that the case? That is the case, sir. You see, Kane does not in, is not interested in, he does not care about the answer is. He doesn't want to have Dr. Fauci engage in something uh, that might give us a better idea. No, he wants the soundbite to be able to then utilize the soundbite. Comparisons to the United States and South Korea are bunk. Size of nation, other cultural differences. Can't make the comparison. You can ask yourself what you can learn from another nation. I think that's rational. Comparisons are not. 
yeah, the, the the death rate is unacceptable. We we're, we're not doing enough, and not waiting for a full answer, just getting the soundbite to then be able to move on to the next thing. Narrative. That's all we're talking about here. I put forth to you that there's not a member of that panel on the Democratic side who actually cares what coronavirus does to Americans. What they care about is winning the election. On that panel, I said, not your neighbor. I think your neighbor cares. Winning is more important than everything. And they keep doing it. They're proving it to you time and again. They don't share the totality of what Fauci said. They share only the snippet that feeds their fable. And they consider that to be journalism. They consider that to be the story. They aren't in, there's no interest in the science. You know what they know about the science? Nothing. They know ungats about the science. The death rate is probably higher. The death rate is probably lower. Uh, they, they don't know how long it's been in the country. They don't know when it actually started. Now, I'm not mad at anybody, but I sure do notice that they don't know because they don't know. Why not just say we don't know? Why is everything this constant need, desire, desperation to sell a story. Well, the only answer you can come to is you try and sell that story so you can win politically because the lives don't matter. The economy doesn't matter. The higher the death rate goes up, the longer people are unemployed, they actually think the better. Can you believe that's actually getting said? That that could actually be true. Now I take a look at what they're doing and I ask you, is there any other possible explanation? Senator Bernie Sanders was on that panel asking questions. It is sad to say that we have a president of the United States, the leader of our country, who from day one downplayed uh, the dangers facing this country from the pandemic, uh, who told us that the crisis would be over in a few months that we did not have to worry who fired uh, those members of the government who wanted to act aggressively and among other things at a time when we need international uh, cooperation cut funding for the world health organization so i ask you did any of that help at all understanding what coronavirus is no it's bernie sanders being uh, the political cat that he is supporting the World Health Organization when the World Health Organization clearly worked with China to suppress the data and suppress information they had about an outbreak. It wasn't Donald Trump. I should, I should say it differently. Donald Trump did downplay. But if Donald Trump was listening to the advisors like everyone says he is, it was Dr. Anthony Fauci who was writing in the New England Journal of Medicine, it's just a severe strain of the flu. It was uh, Bill de Blasio saying, go about having a nice day in New York. It was... Uh, Nancy Pelosi saying, come on down to San Francisco. These are all the facts as presented. This is what happened. And you know what we learned? It's worse than we thought. And then you know what we learned? It's worse than we thought. And then you know what we learned? It's not working the way we thought it would. And then you know what we learned about ventilators? Maybe not the cure-all. Then you know what we learned about this and that and the other. And that's the way these things go. But that's not the story that Bernie Sanders wants to get into. He isn't interested in the science. He's not interested in the data. He's interested in the political execution of his opponents.
narrative. So when it's all narrative all the time, how in the world do you even begin to trust media? How does it, how does it work? How could it work? Well, our answer has to be, well, we're not going to buy in. We're not going to allow it to affect us. We're never going to believe a headline. We're never going to take it as, as, uh, as gospel. We're going to wait for the story to come out, and then we're going to make our decision. And we are not about to allow ourselves to get wrapped up in their stories. There's a lot of work we have to do. But I don't know how many other ways we can clearly show. We can all understand that facts are meaningless. What matters to these people is the narrative. And the narrative just ain't true. I'm Tony Katz. Now, guys, I, 